And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. If Charlie would stop pushing buttons and let me push them, that'd be great. But anyways, to our extra <laughs> after show. So tonight's the night. We're reviewing episode four, H is for Hero. Uh, say hello to everybody, Charlie. Hello. Fuck Aplex. <laughs> and now that we got our anger out, let's go on ahead and dive into this episode. So first thing is first. This Episode is called uh, called H is for Hero, and Dexter rushes to the school after everyone in town learns there was an in an incident. Harrison tells Dexter and Sheriff Angela that Ethan stabbed him with a knife after Harrison tried to dis disused well disarrayed dis Ethan from a school shooting he had planned. Harrison then supposedly took the knife from Ethan and cut Ethan's leg, but Dexter returns after school hours and deducts on. Uh, the blood at the crime scene that Ethan was innocent and Harrison attacked him first. Molly Park offers assistance to Sheriff Angela in helping her find out what happened to the missing girls in the area. And Angela tells her she became a cop because of her childhood friend's Iris disappearance. Kurt meets a homeless girl in a diner and later takes her to the cabin where the sniper kills his victims. So, we have that little synopsis out of the way, but let's just go on with the opening scene where it's from Dexter and Deb. And basically what's going on here is De uh, Dexter and Deb's theory on Kurt. Dexter thinks that Kurt couldn't face the fact that Kurt's son is dead. Deb thinks that he wants to do his own investigation. Kurt thinks that Johnny Bullhorn uh, murdered Matt for killing the deer and Angela is protecting Johnny uh, and gets Angela to close the case uh, and wait for things to cool off. Kurt kills Johnny. Kurt goes to jail all because of Dexter. One, once the small town cops are out of the way, Kurt realizes it wasn't Johnny. So Kurt keeps d digging to Matt's real killer, which is Dexter. So, the, that's the little uh, thing that uh, Deb worked out in her little police investigation between her and Dexter and everything of her thinking like a cop versus Dexter thinking like an analysis, a blood analysis uh, person. But I like that theory of two different theories going on and figuring out what is Kurt's game? What's his level of thinking when it comes down to him shutting this case and stuff like that? And what, what's his motivation? Because I even pointed out on last uh, week's show, I said... Kurt would probably want to go ahead and close the case too. That way things will cool down a little bit and it will bring less focus on him. And therefore he could probably do his own investigation. But what did you think about how that was played out? I liked it. I mean, it was nice seeing Deb not be a bitch to, to her brother. Like, and that like she's doing her detective work and it may, the theory makes sense. So like this shows you that Deb was a good cop. Um, she was good when she wasn't in a relationship where she always had relationship issues or she's always drinking or, or whatever, but she, she was like, she was a good cop. And that, that, that cop that like, she still hasn't, she still has that detectiveness in her. And so she was able to figure it out and it makes sense because the Matt's dad is a killer. So he's trying to like, he's trying to like get people to like feel sorry for him. So then he could be, he can go around killing again. And it, it definitely shows later in the episode, and it's my theory was that I thought was wrong, actually is actually pretty is is, is spot on. So, 
but uh but we'll get in that in a bit but yeah i liked it i like deb was actually being helpful not not classic deb and just like attacking her brother every second you get or her laughing at her brother when she's like you really like you really think you're gonna get away with this like her having a good time though she's actually helping him which is a which was a start right it starts off like that but then she changes tones a little bit easily within <laughs> the middle of the episode but seeing her help dexter and analyze the situation and doing the investigation and it makes sense for kurt because Kirk can go on ahead, do his own investigation, make things uh, really easy for him to do his own investigations and let it be tied over to uh, Dexter to lead uh, lead the thing over to Dexter. Also, too, another thing I want to mention is this. Uh, he, Like I said before, he, of course, Kirk's lying about the fact that he's he FaceTimed Matt and he goes over to uh, the police station. And then, of course, Angel's asking Kurt all these questions. So everything that Deb is laying out in front of Dexter is actually being planned in motivation onto what she's saying because Kirk goes over to the police station. He talks to Angela. Angela is asking all these questions. Like, for example, she winds up saying, well, I'm glad that your son is back and everything, but that doesn't explain the fact that he got injured with because of the deer and there was somebody else in the woods. He goes, did you see any, kind of, any, any other kind of injuries? He said no. I didn't see any, any injuries on him. I was just thankful that my son is alive. I didn't even think about asking him if he if he's even injured. That was like the last thing on my mind. I'm just thankful that I got to see my son. And then she said, well, you do know that he still killed the white deer on Indian Reservation. Well, I'll pay the fine. You know, I'm good for it. I can pay it. Because that's not the point, Kurt. The point is that I want to shut this case, but I can't shut this case because of the fact that I can't get in touch with your son. Cause all I've been getting is voicemail messages. And so happens to be, he winded up giving you FaceTime. He winded up doing FaceTime with in New York in a right. hotel in New, in New York. And yet nothing. And then I think the other emphasis is when the, Logan, the officer Logan comes back after his little flirtation with, uh, the, uh, the, the true crime podcaster, um, and like, yeah, we, we yeah, checked Molly. his carts. Yeah. We checked his carts. Yeah. No, nothing's that. So you kind of know there's flaws in the story. Like the, uh, he, like, Oh, he paid with cash. Well, then it would pop up. Like, like it, like there's a lot of flaws in Kurt's story and it's pretty obvious that Kurt's lying. We just, we just want to know why, because we already saw Dexter, you know, LeBron James him. Like he he turned LeBron like he turned Matt into LeBron James with the ashes, like everywhere, and that and that 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 that's literally what he did. He put him in a put him in a furnace. His body's all over the town in ash form. So the kids the kid's dead. He ain't speaking to anybody. So there's a lot of flaws, and they're just trying to get to the bottom of the story. So Kurt wants the story like that done, but it's not done. No, because even Angela tells one of the police officers, I need you to go on ahead, do a check on Matt's uh, credit cards and see if there's a paper trail in his uh, credit cards and stuff like that. So he winds up doing that. We wind up seeing Molly, like you said. He, she's uh, the uh, podcast investigator, which is something I want to mention real quick. I'm glad that they are mentioning at least uh, podcasters in general on how quick things have changed over the year, 20 years of Dexter being away from doing this thing. And now we have podcasters and doing investigations and stuff like that. So I like the fact that they opened the door for that and it gives you a lot more to play around with. So I do appreciate that. Um, She's very openness. Like, 
oh yeah oh hey logan yeah we we we, we had sex we, we hooked up like she was just nonchalant telling his boss yeah we hooked up it's no big whoop i'll see you later logan <laughs> it was just the okay. nonchalantness of it i was like okay so then we also go over to harrison who it cuts over to him listening to a podcast molly's podcast about serial killers and stuff like that. It, it has the Zodiac Killer, and then above it has the Trinity Killer with Rita's face on it. And I know that John Lickow is going to be in this season, but I think there's going to be more than just a picture of John Lipkow, and I'm going to get to that in a few minutes. But, of course, he's the Trinity Killer. He's the one who killed Harrison's mother. And so... He also talks she Molly winds up talking about the fact that this poor kid, this poor baby was crawling around in blood while this hat while the Trinity killer went on ahead and killed his mother and he's in his mother's blood. Then also too, can, can uh the Trinity killer doesn't kill in ones or anything, kills in threes and fours and he also uses like a st uh steel blade to kill his victims. That's also another thing that she 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 mentioned. And Harrison's just putting you can definitely tell in his eyes He's trying to put things together and stuff like that of what might be true, what might not be true of certain things that might have been said in his past. Or it could be just the simple fact that he's trying to remember certain events in his life as well. So that's a lot to be played out in. But I definitely like that scene of self-reflection and also, too, wondering if there's more to my story than what people are telling me. Yeah. Um, before we get into that, I want to like mention like um... – like oh, towards the beginning, I also like the the end, like the talking with between Dexter and Harrison right before he goes to school. He's like, he's he's get he's he made the wrestling team, and he and he says fuck nuggets, and he goes, oh, your uncle, your your aunt Deb said that. Do you know anything about? Do you remember anything about your aunt Deb? Well, no, besides the cursing. Um, so that's, that's pretty much. So he does remember his aunt Deb being a foul-mouthed woman. So at least he does no. have some contacts with some of his old relatives that he used to have. So I like I that. Mean, yeah, and he he said she was cool. Like, and then so it's like so the fact that she and then you see Deb, the like the the Deb dead. Like you just see you see to see that the ghost figure of Deb smiling. That she was like, all right, I always knew I liked Harrison. Like I always knew I liked him. So she was kind of having that humble brag moment or whatever, saying, "Yep, he he remembers me and it was great." Um, but yeah, so that that I thought that was a cool moment. But yeah, the uh. Once they start mentioning Trinity Kidor, my eyes lit up. I'm like, oh, shit, here we go. Like, the fact that this podcaster is talking about Trinity Killer, which is one of the greatest foes of Dexter, because Dexter thinks he's got, he thought he got the upper hand, but oh, no. And when we cover season four, we'll get into this, because like I said, I've said it before in the last episode, this the death of Rita when they when Molly describes it and you see Rita's face and Harrison's kind of eyes were kind of like like kind of like in a in a, a face. Once you once you see Rita's face, you're instantly remembering. And then they show the images. So if you have not seen season four, and you don't know anything about it. You probably don't want to avoid this episode because they go into some details. But spoiler alert, anyway. Right, and Rita's death, watching. She's watching from season one right now and matter of fact she's yeah. i got her hooked on the show like yeah so, so. yeah she's that th that death is probably one of the most disturbing deaths i've ever seen and this is about a show about serial killer killing people 
seeing Rita dead, pretty much dead in the bathtub. Blood. And that's just mildly putting it because yeah. we're not describing how brutal that is until you get into season no. four. No, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. yeah, you don't even see the death. You just see you don't you don't see the actual killing. It was one of those. It's one of the most shocking deaths in TV history. Right, because I remember watching that, and I remember feeling like the tension is shot down a little bit. Mm -hmm. You're like at a medium because you're like, okay, Dexter caught this guy. Everything is fine, and you feel a sense of relief. And then all of a sudden. They throw out a yellow flag on the field, and it's totally something different than what you expect. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I mean, I didn't see this live because I said I, I've seen a lot of season four. I didn't see – I saw bits and pieces, and I was reading up what happened. And then I watched the clip, and I was like – I was stunned. I was like, no, they did not just do that. And I was like, oh, my God. And, and then, yeah, that was – and then that's when the show, and then after that, that's when the show just went off the rails. Like it went right, right. it just went straight down to the ground. It's a quote, Brad Pitt and Moneyball, 50 feet of crap. Then the rest of the Dexter season. And then the, this one's above the crap. It's it's climbing back up. Like it's climbing out like the like like a zombie coming out the grave or a, somebody put it, put it in a pet cemetery and it's coming out and it's, it's trying to get life. Now, hopefully it goes up to the peak. And then doesn't it doesn't clip it doesn't I Tanya Harding us like like seriously I don't I have want feeling it. it's not I mean I hope not I hope the pacing not. of the show is just fantastic it the is slow yeah. pacing at first and now it's just not slowing down at all yeah. it seems like but anyway but yeah seeing that and like seeing like hearing it from Molly's views of like the, like talking about Trinity Killer talk about like PTSD in that one. Because yeah. that's is you're 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 reliving and you're remembering what happened in season four as a Trinity killer and he, he was like you said best season of the show best like probably one of the best seasons out of all TV like that is that was when it hit its peak um, but yeah just hearing that and I was like oh shit and that's how I knew I'm like damn it can't believe we're not on YouTube talking about this. <laughs> I was like, damn right, it, because, because this happened. is such a good episode. <laughs> this episode was probably one of my favorites, other than the opening of of the first episode for this season. Mm -hmm. But this is definitely on my top tier of favorite episodes. I, mean, I have to say so far. I mean, this hearing that, and I was like, damn it, we're not on there. Damn you, YouTube, we're not on there to talk about this episode. Because I was like, I, I, I messaged John, like, fuck this co the company that screwed us right right but hey hopefully we'll get that stuff straightened out but yeah let's but let's have some All fun right, though let's, let's have some yeah. fun tonight this, this is gonna be great um so anyways dexter is working of course and he gets a text i uh, guess a text alert from the school ethan wanted and basically he goes into the school it's a very tense scene you don't know what's happening because at first I thought they would actually do this where it shows a backwards, a back cam to maybe um, Dexter Harrison going into the school and it's following him over to Ethan and then him and Ethan have a confrontation. That's how I thought it was going to go down, but it's totally different. But I was right about the whole Columbine thing. I was right about uh, Harrison trying to stop Ethan from doing what he was going to do. I was right about that on the prediction. 
but there's always a loop. There's always something happening in Dexter. It's not one dimension. There's always several different things you have to get through. But what winds up happening is this. And so basically he gets the message. Dexter goes through the doors and then follows him over to where this, uh, the play, the stage play is. And <clears throat> basically what winds up happening is as Harrison is being patched up by the EMTs and everything, he goes, Oh, your son got stabbed. And you see a little mark in on the side of his ribs and everything. Then also too, before he even get, before Dexter even gets inside there, you also see a little small uh, scene with Ethan passing through, which is he happens to be on a stretcher, and Dexter happens to look down, and of course, uh, Ethan's legs bleeding out. And so, once that actually happens, the police officer is asking Ethan, I'm uh, not Ethan, but uh, Harrison, what happened? What's going on? And so basically, he said, "I tried." to stop Ethan from shooting up the school because he, he was going to kill people. And next thing I know it, he winds up coming at me with a knife. And then of course, that's when I defended myself and I stabbed him. And the next thing you know it, I see blood coming through his pants. I didn't mean to stab him that hard. I'm sorry that I stabbed him. And I know he, he was bleeding really bad. And then you also, he's like, well, where's the knife? Well, next thing you know it, the cops are looking through Ethan's bag and they wind up finding the Punisher drawings that Ethan's done where he wants to shoot up people. Also to a death list of people that he wants to kill and things like that too. And then you're thinking that you know, uh, Harrison's the hero and everything because he prevented something from happening. And then you wind up finding something else later on. But I liked how that scene is set up. Hold on one sec. But I like how that scene is set up because of the fact that it's a whole different misdirection in the show. And also, too, I was whenever I first saw the stab wound, I'm like, that's pretty small for you, for him to be really threatened by a knife. I was thinking, what's the size of this knife? What does this knife actually look like? for it to be that small. And I'm also going to get into the part where Dexter was looking at the pictures of the, of the knife and everything later in a few minutes. But what did you think of when Dexter's going through it? I mean, I, I, I thought when the trailer is okay, I, I figured Harrison would be a hero. He'd, he'd stop Ethan. I mean, we predict this in our third episode. We, he'd stop Ethan that. But then when Dexter's questioning him about the knife, I was like, Huh. I was like, I was second, like, wait, I was, I was kind of guessing, like, did Harrison did this on purpose? It's kind of like a fake wound is to throw off. I, I, I had a feeling that Harrison was that kind of a guy because he liked Ethan. But did Harrison throw him off? Like, did Harrison, like, literally, like, trying to, like, he, he, he channeled his, like, he did something what Dexter would do is, like, he tried to nick himself on purpose. Cause he planned like it was like was it like he did this on purpose or that I don't know I was second guessing I, like I mean Harrison isn't such of a ain't like a, like a halo person or, right, or we look up to he isn't a hero so everybody's looking up to as everybody thinks he is so well like, another thing too is I even said this to you remember when we were texting back and forth yeah I said now there is a good chance that Ethan I'm not Ethan but Harrison probably stabbed himself. Uh, on purpose 
to and also stabbed Ethan before he even got a chance to do anything to prevent the shooting from happening. Because he needed an MO. He needed some type of motivation to stab him. So I'm thinking maybe he stabbed him in the leg to prevent him from doing further damage and just sidetracked uh, Ethan altogether. And therefore, he needed to go on ahead and do self-defense by saying that he got stabbed. And I'm thinking that's what happened. And it prevented Ethan from doing any kind of damage to the school. You know, that's what I'm thinking because Dexter would have done the same thing. He would have actually figured out a way to, even though it might be screwed up, but in Dexter's mind, though, he he's going to try and fi- figure out a way to save somebody else's life. So I'm thinking that he, Harrison went on ahead, did that so he can save the, his peers from the damages that Ethan would have done. But what do you think? I don't know. I, I just, I mean... The thing with the like, like just thinking about it now with this this the, the the gushing of the blood and then once we see the blade, I I remember, yeah, I remember a lot about what the Trinity Killer's mo of the way he killed his people by nicking them in an artery in the leg like on purpose and just letting them bleed out. That's and then in this scene when he mentioned a lot of blood on Ethan. We'll get into that in a bit, but again, I don't know. I think. The thing is, this is uh, this is that we know of. This could be Harrison's first kill, in a sense, or first attack, because and then and, and, mm-hmm. and like and usually Dexter's when Dexter's first one, it was always bloody. It was always a mess. He'd get everything that, and it, it took him a while to he get into that again and then again. Harrison just just listened to the Trinity Killer, so I'm pretty sure what that what they intentionally probably didn't let us hear was how the rest of that podcast went. So I'm pretty sure Molly wanted the exact details of how the Trinity person, Trinity killer killed his victims and what weapon he used, all that kinds of stuff. I think the intent, I think the studio, like I think the, the, the creators of the show intentionally left that part out to keep us guessing and to figure out to think, and we'll get into that in a bit for your theory, but I don't know. I it's, it, it's hard to tell, like it's hard to trust Harrison because like Ethan was his only friend, and yet when he went to go see his only friend, his par- uh, Ethan's parents were just. They yeah, said I wanted to talk like, about that too about that scene. Yeah, we we get into that in a bit, but because, just, in yeah, one way, yeah. I feel bad <clears throat> for Harrison in a sense because it reminds me of Dexter with the damage that Dexter does, even though he has good intentions based on what he thinks is good. But we'll get into that in a few minutes because there's some stuff I really want to talk about with that. But, but I mean, again, with the plan, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Ethan was really going to go ahead and kill those people. Again, this could it could have been a theoretical list. Again, I don't know. But and even I, a and, theoretical and, list, it still sets yeah. up with the code of being evil, which is something that Harry always told Dexter to, for people to go after. But yeah, and then again, we don't know, like, because I know that the uh, Angela's daughter or stepdaughter was on that list, and we don't know, like, yeah, Angela was on there. Yeah, her, I think her, it was Audrey. Yeah, Audrey, Audrey was on there. I saw. Yeah. I was zooming in on the TV. Her yeah. name's on there. Yeah, I, I, I meant. I don't know what she did to Ze- to Ethan to mm. make her on that list because she never. She was always. She always hated those guys. 
I think she was just around them, but she never was. She never had any part think, to that. that we I think know she was of. guilty by association. Yeah, but then because she didn't do anything guys. physically to Zach, to Ethan, and I think, and then maybe, like I said, I fought this too. I fought like maybe uh, it was a self defense move too by Harrison to kill to do what he did to Ethan to protect Audrey because he kind of has the thing. He kind of has a thing for her, and he's trying to protect her. So. Again, there's that in play too. But then again, we just don't really know much. Like once we found out that Ethan, like not, that uh, Ethan never did it first, attacked first. Harrison did it, and so again, like and once Dexter does his blood analysis, which I love that scene. I I thought that was like classic Dexter. Well, let's talk about whenever Dexter goes into the police station. Oh yeah, yeah okay. Too. I know we're talking out of sequence and stuff like that, but that's okay. Yeah, it's, but, all, it's all part of the same thing. It's all part of the knife. <laughs> as blo- as but, he says, blood never lies. Right. Well, Dexter's looking at the knife, and he's looking at the guns, and Angela said, really, you shouldn't be in here. He goes, well, I might have sold his dad these guns, which could link the store to Dexter selling these guns, and even the knife, for that matter. But if you look at the cuts on printed on the uh, investigation board, <clears throat> that knife is too small to make that kind of incision on that leg. There's no way that blade is that can do that kind of damage. I'm thinking that Harrison stabbed himself with a small blade. And we're going to get into what kind of blade in a few minutes that I think that he stabbed him with. But... I was looking at those kind of incisions and I'm like, no, there's no way that little small blade did that much damage on that kid's leg. Cause if you, and I'm surprised the cops didn't pick up on this, but yet they're painting Harrison as the hero of it. And Dexter's the only one that is picking up on certain things. And then also too, Dexter's also feeding Harrison and he's also analyzing Harrison though, too, whenever he's eating he goes, well, he eats like me. He looks like me. So he is me. And then you also have Kurt. You have a lot going on. You also have Kurt, who paints him up as the town hero as well. Harrison is the town hero. And he winds up giving him a drone. And uh, Kurt, uh, then Dexter, him and Dexter start talking. But I like the little context that uh, Dexter said was this to Deb. As Harrison's walking out, this is back whenever he was healing up from the incision, from that little wound that he had. And he's watching him, and they're talking about Kurt. They're talking about Harrison, and he. And then, De- and this is what he said about Kurt. He said, "Kurt is nothing like me." And then we find out later on that <laughs> that there is two two different faces to everybody, regardless of what the person might be. But and, what did you think of some of the stuff that I pointed out? Yeah, it was interesting. Again, and then it's just the whole Deb is like trying to tell her tell. Physically by cussing, it's like he's nothing like you. He's normal. Like it's like just to try to emphasize the word normal. Then again, nothing. And here's he also. Says, and then she also tells him, "You're not." An, uh, here's another thing she says: "Not everybody's a, not everybody's a fucking freak like you." Yeah, that that that's really great to tell your brother that. Like it's like like that's really great. But and then I think is that the conversation between Kurt and Dexter. Dexter's kind of slipping up a little bit when he mentioned the, the the cruise ship. And he goes, how'd you know about that? 
So yeah, the yacht or whatever that the, the yacht. And he goes, nobody ever, nobody knows about that. And Dexter's like, shit. Like he's kind of realizing he's, he he kind of almost. I don't know if he messed that up. We'll see. Um, but I just like this like the, the, the his Dexter's inner faults is like the best part of the show. Like the scary right. talk. Because he even said a shit. I gave him a nibble. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. But you know, and then you go into the police station. Uh, Audrey winds up finding the debt, um, all the um, people on the list. She's taking pictures while Dexter's also investigating. My thing is this. Why are you going to have that laid out and everything on a table when that should have been in your office to begin with? Not out in public eye to where people can take pictures like Molly could have walked in there and just easily took pictures if she had wanted to. She might already have. We don't know. Right. Um, but I'm just saying how open it is yeah. in that police station when they're having an ongoing investigation. And that was in Miami. That wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have went down the way it did. No. And again, there's a big difference. Miami's like, come on, it's Miami. Huge. This is a it's little huge. small ass town. This is so. small town. So if everybody everybody priority knows about the list anyway. So it's kind of it's like kind of like it's not really a cop station because everybody knows everything. It's like it because it, it's such a small town, nobody's able to get away of anything except right now about Dexter. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I thought that was an interesting scene again. Um, yeah, um, and it's just Dexter just doing his inner like his his classic Dexter. Like that you can't like he's not you can never get rid of that like his inner instinct, his attention to detail, that kind of stuff. You can't get rid of that. No. Definitely not, especially working that many uh, years on forensics and everything else and blood analysis. Yeah, you can't get rid of that. But then you wind up seeing this whole entire thing played out between Deb and Dex where he's trying to match the blood. And then he goes, why can't you get it through your head that your son's a hero? Oh, wait, that's your wet dream. Next thing you know, it, you see the scene that was played out in season one where Dexter's viewing himself walking down the red carpet. Everybody's shaking his hand because he's <laughs> getting all these guys off the street, all these serial killers. And then Deb does that same exact thing from season one, holding up a billboard of him. Oh, yeah. Just, I heard, I thought that go, was Dex. <laughs> what do you want? You want to be claimed to hero, Dexter? Is that what you want? Like, and then that sequence, I thought that was, again, there's dark humor added into a show that's like really serious. And I, I, I like that. Like, the last episode had Deb with the wood chipper. I thought that was hysterical, the Fargo situation. But yeah, so it's just, it's just, and then it's classic Dexter, him like he, and then his line, blood never lies. And he, and he asks Deb, here, stab me. But it's really him stabbing himself. It kind of makes it seem like Deb's stabbing him, even though she, so much time she's always wanted to do that. It's not really real. It's because he's stabbing himself and how it's all matching up to what Dexter's saying. And Harrison staged it. Right. I liked how they play off this first. She stabs him. Then the blood splatter happens. And she goes, blood never lies. And then next thing you know it, the blood starts going dripping away and starts turning back into the into um the surface of the stage. And then you wind up and then she goes, Okay, now I'm gonna be Ethan. And you're gonna be Harrison. And then next thing you know it, the blood matched up to where Ethan's trying to get away from from Harrison. Harrison. And that's where that big puddle of blood came from was when he's trying to scoot himself away from him. 
and all you see is like a little small blood thing of you know of Harrison. So yeah. I definitely like that. I definitely liked how they played into the psychology of it. I thought they did a really good job with that. And it's just Dexter going to his roots. He's trying to he's channeling his inner cop. Well, he wasn't really a cop. He was a forensic and, and, yeah. investigator or whatever. But still, he's doing it. And Deb's like, and, and then Dexter keeps saying blood never lies. And I think Deb at that point realizes like, oh, but she still doesn't believe it. Like he still she doesn't still leave her brother. Um, I again, I thought this sequence was sad, and I, my eyes lit up. I'm like, oh shit, Her- Harrison was the one that like started this whole thing. He staged it. My other and, favorite th- line that Deb says, he goes, "What the hell do you want? Your own serial killer family?" Oh yeah. <laughs> Technically, he had it with Hannah and him. Technically, right. but um, but yeah, but one, still. yeah, but yeah, and then I think. The, the sequence in the hospital, that was, that was kind of tough to watch. That was... Yeah. Ugh. Okay, so I want to get into that real quick, if you don't, right, yeah, if you don't mind me. No, okay. you're good. So when Harrison goes and visits Ethan, and the parents are there, and basically, you know, Ethan's just laying there in, in the hospital bit, of course. Then the parents come over there to him, and basically... You know, Harrison thinks that everything's going to be all fine and everything and stuff like that, too, because, you know, he goes, well, whenever uh, Ethan gets better and everything, we can hang out sometime and stuff like that. I was his only friend. And they're like, what makes you think that this is going to be okay? You stabbed our son. We're getting death threats from other people and everything. And you're thinking that everything's going to be fine. We have to move now because of the situation. Why didn't you come to us when you first saw this? And my first initial thoughts is, lady, you wouldn't have believed Harrison even if he told you because some people are blind to their own kids and decisions and stuff like that. They wouldn't have be- believed uh, Harrison over their own son. That's just the way how par- some parents are, you know? So Harrison did what he thought was right at that time, which allows me to think that he did that to save the uh, the kids at the school, he s- sacrificed his own self, his own body, to save the school. And even though uh, Ethan is telling the cops that Harrison came after him and everything, but in Harrison's mind, I believe that he paints himself as the hero because he stopped something tr- from tragic happening. Then the father winds up saying, "Look, I appreciate you coming over, but do not come see us anymore." I'm like, okay, so you just, uh, I just felt bad for Harrison at that time. But what about you? Yeah, that was hard to watch. Like, he, Harrison was trying to pay his respect and, uh, like, to see him because Ethan was the only kid that he actually liked hanging out at school besides Audrey. But still, to have the parents, like, again, I don't think they would have believed their son. Like, they, they probably would have, they wouldn't have believed him. Like, they'll say, oh, yeah, they'll send him to, like, therapy. About those those killers, like again, I don't. I think there's a lot of stuff Ethan's probably keeping deep inside himself because he feels ashamed to. He wants to kill these people because they because he's because I think his parents seem like bullies themselves, right? So and and he might be who knows he could have been bullied by his parents again. I don't we don't know, but to have the the mom just be like, why don't you come to me and like. Like you just said, John, there's no way she would have believed Harrison. No way, especially a guy that just started, like just started. And then again, I think Ephraim probably talked about him a lot, but still, 
There was no, there was no, there was no guarantee the mom would have believed him anyway. She would no. call him crazy, and she'll have him like she'll probably would have had the cops after Harrison and blame it on him for giving her son these thoughts of trying to get. There's no guarantee this was going to work out in their favor. No. So and then like and then it's the rip on Harrison for you know stopping a a potential murder. Then again, that we don't really like that that was staged. I don't know. We, there's so much we just don't know, but mm. I feel so. I felt kind of bad for Harrison, and then and then I was like, they showed the hospital scene, and then they showed what really happened with Dexter and them. And I liked how they did that. You kind of makes you feel bad for Harrison, and then you find out what really happened, and I'm like, oh shit! Like he and then it is, it's this kind of huge 180 that they did, and they they they're. They, they, they did a, the pacing is fantastic in the series and in the, in this sequence of show like of this of this revival episode. series yeah episode yeah and I like the way they did that and like so you have yeah I, I mean yeah you just feel bad for Harrison and then you kind of and then you're like oh okay do you re and then do you feel bad for Ethan then not so much Harrison once you find out what really happens right and then after that winds up happening, we see Kurt. Um, basically, what winds up happening with Kurt is this. He winds up working at this little diner that he owns. And so happens to be Chloe comes by to visit him. She gave he gave Chloe 80 bucks to go on a on a on a bus back home. But she winds up being back in the same town because she needed clothes. So she had to use up the 40 bucks for clothes. She needed food. And she needed food. So that 40 bucks went away really quick. So therefore she needed more money. So she figured to go on ahead and get it from Kurt. But then Kurt goes, no, I can't keep giving you money. And I, I agree with Kurt on that. You can't keep yeah. giving this person money or anything no. like that. So he offers her a job at the diner, which she takes. Then while this is going on, you have Dexter looking through Harrison's stuff, doing this investigation. And you find the, the steel blade. You find the steel blade. In the and I'm thinking, and this is what, what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Harrison stabbed Ethan with that steel blade. There was more than one uh, knife. I think the steel blade is his. And also, too, and, I, and people who are actually part of the Dexter Morgan Facebook group and everything, I get the fact that the Dark Passenger is not a human being. I get that. It's part of his psyche. It's part of his... Um, guilt, his shame, and everything else. But <clears throat> Harrison was also born in blood, just like Dexter is. You have this whole entire thing where Trinity killed Harrison's mother, Rita. Rita's blood, Harrison's crawling through her blood. Then it's linked to the Trinity killer, which tells me maybe John Lickow somehow is Harrison's dark passenger using th going through his psyche going through that kind of way because it's linked to me. I think that's the way you do it. I think this is the way that you test Harrison and everything. And I think this is how it's going to be played out. That's just me theorizing. I could be wrong, but still, but what do you think going on that theory though? It's possible. And again, I think there's been like, it could be a huge misdirection because again, like they're, they're just throwing these things at you. Like, him listening to the Trinity Killer podcast, and then then him killing, like or her injuring Ethan the same way the Trinity Killer kills his victims with the shaving, like kind of like the, the the shaving blade, 
like that, that that barbers use when they're when they're like when they're right. trimming your beard and stuff, nicking him in the artery, and then that's the same blade Harrison used. I get I, it's possible, but then again, like and how well, I think when when Dex, like I said, and how Harry became Dexter's dark passenger, could be Dexter in a sense, but instead of it being a figment of his imagination, mm. he uh, got it right here. Okay, so it could be like good Superman, bad Superman scenario, basically from the Richard Pryor movie. Uh, forgot the, I forgot which one it was that Richard Pryor was in, but basically you have the good Superman who's drunk, drinking, and everything else. Then you have the good one. So basically it's on that kind of level in a sense. Well, Lithgow might be the, like, again, I don't know. I think the huge Trinity killer thing, I think it's just, I think we got a sense of misdirection here. With the eyes see and the ears hear, the mind believes. I can see everybody, everybody's pointing Trinity killer, Trinity killer, killer. I don't think so. I, I think, I think, like I said, I don't think Harrison actually has one. And I think it's because this is his first that we know yeah, of situation yeah. where we got this. But with Dexter there in person, actually a killer, he could probably potentially guide his son in that in the right direction in the sense kind of what Harry did for Dexter when he was alive. I don't know, but it was just Deb's reaction was what really sold it. And Deb's like, Oh no. Like when she finds the blade, cause she's very, she lived the Trinity killer, like that whole situation. Cause, cause the whole, the Trinity killer killed her, her cop lover. Um, the, uh, the FBI guy from uh, season two. Um, we'll get that in the season four. Like, but when we cover season Monday. four, but yeah, Monday. Monday. Yeah. Monday was killed because not because of the Trinity killer, but because one of his followers killed Monday and, De and Deb was right there watching Monday get killed. Right. We'll get into that. that. So, so she knows vividly of the Trinity killer, but once Dexter finds the blade while, uh, while, while Harrison and like everybody on the list is at a, is at, is at the school and the gym at a, at a meeting with uh, oh, yeah. Officer Logan, and everybody was like trying to praise that. I like, praise um, Harrison. Harrison for doing what he did, but Harrison's like, we're all victim. Like you, you guys started this. Like he's yeah. pointing at the bullies. You guys were bullying him for years, so he's kind of he's like he's trying to pass the blame around to everybody because they all had a part in what happened. If they didn't bully the kid. None of this probably would have happened. Exactly. And I like how, while this is going on, you have Kurt also going through the woods with Chloe. And then you see the cabin in which the serial killer that killed all these runaway girls and everything, that's the same cabin. That's the same cabin. Kurt is the killer who's been doing all this. And so... He gives Chloe a place to stay so she can work her month so the way she can have money in her pocket to work at his diner. Conveniently, he has his little small cabin in the woods. Yeah, okay. But I, I like how Harrison said this. Oh, sorry. She, I want to uh, sorry, I wanted to add on to the Chloe thing. I don't think she want I don't think because I think the, the past few girls, we didn't see them work at the diner. They're locked in that room because they didn't let them out until they pressed the button to let them out. 
there's no like so I don't there's no guarantee Chloe's working at the, the as that. I think she's just she's gonna be she's probably gonna take a shower and then they're gonna have the champagne that's tainted that makes them feel sick because oh yeah, it, well, that's a great idea. Random champagnes on the bed with chocolates. I'm gonna eat them. No. So again, there's no gear. I, I think I think he's taking Chloe out of the cabin. And she's gonna be stuck there until he lets him out for a game. So again, I, I sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to add on to that part. It's okay. But you know, I like how Harrison puts it though. Everybody has two masks that they wear, and that's exactly what Kurt is doing. He's got two masks on, one that everybody knows, and then one that everybody doesn't know. I like how they play that narrative off. And then, of course, Harrison is giving that speech. And he goes, I, he goes, look, I, you guys screwed up. You guys were the ones, like you mentioned, Charlie. Mm-hmm. You guys need to take initiative to what you, what the pain that you guys caused, uh, Ethan. Because it was your fault that this is this would have happened the way that it did. And I am, and basically, he's saying I prevented this from happening. He goes, I'm not a hero. I just did what I thought that I had to do, basically. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so another thing I want to point out, there is a little bit of season one with Fred and his dog because the dog does not like Dexter mm-hmm. at all. And he said, even dogs sense me, that even animals sense that I'm not good. And it's the same thing. It's like a little bit of a callback to season one. Nice. And then also to him cremating somebody is a callback to another season where he's kill- where he cremated somebody. Yeah. But I do want to point out um, again, after every episode, there's a promo. The promo for the next episode is very intriguing. It shows Dexter's asking, like is confronting essentially trying to get Harrison to admit that he killed somebody or not kill somebody, injured somebody that way. And so Dexter can, you know, teach him the ways. And then you see Harrison partying and stuff. And the one thing that got me like, oh, shit, you see Dexter killing, he's, he's about to kill somebody again. And he goes, you've lived long enough. And you hear the kid, yo, no. I don't want them to kill Harrison. I think it's too soon for him to kill him. And I think what you might be, you probably say, John, is like, it might be a test. Kind of what he did with Hannah about how he was about to kill her. And then they end up having sex and they end up, end up being lovers right on his table. Right. Because I'm thinking it's a test. I'm thinking it's a test. It's like light side, dark side kind of thing, basically, is what I'm thinking. But, you know, that's that's going a little too far into Star Wars. But still, I'm thinking that Dexter is trying to test Harrison in a way to where he's like, look, what you're doing is wrong. I need to teach you the code and teach you the way to do it. But my question is this. Remember when... Dexter says, I, I think he's experimenting or he's trying or he's or mm-hmm. something is a part of the code. What do you yeah. think is part of the code? Was Ethan part of that code or was the code uh, differently than what he what than what Dexter has? Could Ethan potentially be like a, his his version of a mercy killing, but it wasn't a mercy killing. It was a mercy save. I think so. so. I think it was. A, it that's what I'm saying. Like, I think it's a mercy yeah. save. Potentially, like I mean, then again, Ethan's life screwed. I mean, it's it's screwed up. Like it's it's screwed from now on. But um, but it's like, and I think instead of Dexter actually killing somebody, Harrison's the opposite. He he's it, to this point of killing him. This puts you like in a hospital. 
And again, that's not that's not how you want to do things, especially if it's somebody that knows who you are and knows that you're a killer. You probably want oh. to end them so they don't remember. Well, remember, Dexter did the same thing to Rita's ex-husband. He basically did the same thing. He winded up putting a heroin needle in his arm, making it look like he was high, and yeah. made him go to prison. In this then case, again, and then they came back and bought Dexter and sent him right. to AA to to send him to Lila. Right. And that's a whole, that's a whole different story. We don't want to get into. Then again, yeah. we I blame Rita for that one. You sent him to AA. It's your fault for Lila. No one wants to remember Lila. Um, <laughs> but, but before we end it, I know you want to talk about the uh, the other side story between Molly and Angela talking about the missing girls. Yeah, thanks for reminding me about that. Yeah. But basically, Molly is forgetting about the whole thing with Matt. And she's like, hey, look, Angela, look, I have an idea. She winds up taking a martini glass, puts the tape recorder on, and she said, how about this? We'll work together as a team. We'll take and we'll investigate these runaway girls. And we'll take this down together. Because And then Angela goes into the reason why she wanted to become a cop. Mm -hmm. I love the motivation as to why she wants to become a cop. Basically, she has this friend named Iris. Iris winds up disappearing. And then she becomes like a runaway. Everybody's like, eh, it's not no big deal or anything like that. She's a runaway. These kids are runaways. But when it came down to Kurt's, and I like how they do this, Kurt was like, I want to look for my son again. Then those townspeople are like, wait, so anytime when it's revolving your son and everything, we have to look for him. But because of it's our kids, oh, they're runaways. You know? So yeah. so Angela and Molly do wind up teaming up. She says yes to her because yeah. she wants to get to the bottom of the fact that, you know, that – the, to the, her friend's disappearance and why she yeah. wanted to become a cop. So I thought that was a beautiful thing to see, to be honest, because I was always wondering about Angela's motivation as to why she wanted to become a cop. And now we actually have the motivation behind it. And I like it. I thought it was funny. She just comes in there. She's drinking alcohol in front of, in front of like, she's like making up, uh, making her up her own drink and then chugging it. And she's like, Oh Yeah. I got a bunch of followers. They're like semi-detectives. They're able to help me pinpoint these exact locations. She has like followers around the world. She has like over 200,000, I think. And they're able to figure out the one runaway. She's fine. She just needs to get away from her abusive family. And she's in New York. Right. So that seems to be a key. That's the second time this episode they mentioned New York. Right. I wonder if that's where if this is where this is going to go. I'm thinking they, Angela is going to go out of town for a while mm -hmm. and go with Molly. Yeah, to New York. I and think. while that's happening, Kirk can do his investigation on Dexter even more. Yeah. But the, 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 this, the, the thing to keep remembering, New York. New York's been mentioned so many times just in these last four episodes. But at multiple times in this episode, they mentioned New York. So I think New York's going to be a big key here. Of where this, where this, where, where I think this is going to go, um, and then, but yet, and then she's like, just puts on the tape recorder. She starts chugging down her drink. I thought that sequence was funny, and I think I, I, um, Jamie Chung, she's the actress that's playing Molly. I think she's perfect for this role. I love <laughs> Jamie Chung as Molly. To be honest with you, she has that likeness about her. She's a podcaster. She has this uh, attitude about her, and everything. That's just, to be honest with you, she's pretty much a light 
to the darkness into this world of Dexter in a sense. Yeah. She's not just she a pretty is. face. So if, if they've cast no. somebody, a blonde person, a blonde girl, and she's wearing like like this all that outfit, you, you she wouldn't be as believable as this person. Well, and, and, yeah. Well, on you, on this new season of you, we wind up seeing podcasters, Instagram mm -hmm. people who are on Instagram and stuff like that, and they're making the analogy of how fake people are within mm -hmm. the California as aspect of it. And with this one, they're not doing it th that way. They're looking at how smart Molly is. And that's yeah. something I appreciate and how real she is and how much she wants to do the investigation, how passionate she is about investigations. So that's what I like about her. Yeah. We'll see where this goes. We'll see what Molly's true intentions are because, again, everybody's got two sides. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm really excited. I mean, we're almost at the halfway point. We're not even yet, but I'm I'm interested where this is gonna go. And I like, like I said, I think it's I'm glad it's ten episodes so we can get right to it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really intrigued to where this is gonna go. I agree. So with that being said, guys, that's gonna do it for our Dexter episode four review. H is for hero. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode as much as we love talking about it, but. Here's another thing that you guys can do. You guys can go on ahead, subscribe over to YouTube and everything. We do YouTube videos. We're still doing them. It's just so happens to be we're doing our Dexter reviews on YouTube for now. And we're, do and we're doing our Hawkeye stuff on YouTube, uh, on Facebook as well. Because we're actually suspended for two weeks because of a false claim on our channel Some right bullshit now. bullshit thing. Right. So we're trying to go on ahead, give you guys some content, even though we can't go onto YouTube right now. But we're still trying to give you guys some uh, some content anyways. So hop on over to YouTube. Go on ahead. Subscribe over there. In two weeks, we'll be back where we belong, at our home, at YouTube. For now, we're, uh, we're actually doing this on Twitter and on Facebook as well. So go on ahead. Smash that like button. Smash that subscribe button as well. Also, too, guys, if you guys want to subscribe to uh, want to donate $5 to $10 to our show, you guys don't have to. But if you would like to show us some love, all you do is go to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast, donate five to ten dollars over there. But simple like, a simple share, a simple subscribe goes a long way for us at Movie Lovers Unite, and we do appreciate that. <clears throat> but if you're a sponsor and would like to be on the show or anything like that too, you guys can go ahead, email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. Then, of course, you guys can follow me on Twitter and on TikTok underneath Movie Lovers Unit, but on TikTok, Movie Lovers Unit Zero. That's where you guys can go in and find me over there. Of course, on Instagram and on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite and on, on Pinterest as well. Underneath that same brand name. Thanks again, Charlie, for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have to do this with you. Uh, tomorrow night, we're doing our first two episodes of Hawkeye. And then uh, Friday, we'll be doing episode three of Hawkeye at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern on both. Um, pretty much what, what we're going to do is. Yeah, it's all going to be on Facebook and on Twitter yeah. and all that other good stuff. We'll upload whenever we get in the clear. We'll uh, we'll upload the stuff to YouTube. Yeah, um, that's going to be. We're just not process. taking. We're not. We're not taking the chance at this point. <laughs> yeah, until they get it all get their get their shit together. To quote Rick and Morty, get your shit together. And if you happen to be joining us, go on ahead. And check out check out the audio only podcast about Eplex, and then also too we also e did a video review of Eplex as well about what they're doing to us. We're not going to go into detail on what they're doing to us tonight or anything like that. This is supposed to be a fun episode, so go on ahead and check that out. <laughs> but of course, guys, for audio only podcast, 
ahead and check us out on Good Pods. That's like social media for uh, podcasters or if you're into uh, just listening to podcasts, go on ahead. Rate us on Good Pods. Give us a five-star review if you guys want to. If you guys don't want to, that's perfectly fine. But rate us. Tell us what you think of our episodes. And it also helps us out with our rankings. Also, too, on Apple Podcasts as well. If you go on ahead and rate us on Apple Podcasts, it helps us out with our ratings as well. So go on ahead do all that stuff. Always until next time, guys. It's been fun. It's been real. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you again, Charlie. I do appreciate it as always. And bye-bye.